Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to Critical Hit of Major Spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So glad that you could join us this week. You totally missed the best stuff ever. (laughs) Well, kind of, because we spent some time calculating up maths and doing golds and components and all of that stuff. So in the week that you guys have been absent, uh, Randus taught Orem how to enchant and disenchant. And also how to do that Vulcan thing with his hand. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) And then uh, Randus also took all the magic items in the room and broke them down into residuum. Crunched them. Crunched them down. Pulverized them. Um, this white trail wakes <laughs> Yeah. yeah all the trail wakes wakes up. It's going to take 11 hours. Yeah. She needs it's going to take an rest. hour per item. How long uh, nah, he needs rest. does it take him to learn the disenchant? i got to just do it once. Well, it's got to so be at least, take me at least an hour. I'd probably okay, show so him how to do it a couple times. They can get it done in six hours. Troll can wake up to a pile of or to everything being gone. Here's the thing. <laughs> Please. I no. think it'd be better for her to wake up as like the last one crumbles to magic dust. <laughs> fine, fine. Yes. We'll do that. Terrible people. That's just me. You are horrible people. Hello. Yes. So, so with- Trail Trail will wake up in time to realize what you stupid boys just did. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Rock I left boys. a note. Are you are you okay with this, Adriana? Do you want to roll yes. perception to to try to interrupt them? Yes, chill real perception. It's only on the last item, though. <laughs> All right. Wouldn't this just be her passive? Oh, God, I hope she's going to make her roll to see if she can get out from under torque. We're said not she trying to be sneaky about it. Yeah, she was yeah, but she's not trying. Right. What's, what's the perception check? Yep. What is, what'd you get? What is? <laughs> what is uh, 27. I wasn't asking philosophically. 27? 27. Okay. Um... So, Randus and Orem are talking about the fine art of crunching magic items. And <laughs> so they take a sword, and uh, Randus is explaining, you know, and then you do this, and then you fracture along this line, and blah, blah, blah. And then you go like this. And it's like, it, it's like, as the item is being destroyed, like a magic field forms around it that destroys the item, but it makes the noise of. A sword made out of steel being essentially pulverized. Okay. And Trell wakes up. <laughs> what are you doing? We're making residuals. Just during the first one? Yep. Oh. I'm not going back and redoing these maths. <laughs> 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 oh, hey, Trell. She storms over them. What are you doing? Well, 
Did you not just say that we would wait until we all woke up and had some sleep and could talk to about di- this again? To discuss the gold, sure. We had all woken up. Now. And don't you lawyer me right now, buddy. Yep. <laughs> okay. No, cat. No. Now, you that, that know we have what to back meant. up. Torque didn't wake up. Uh. <laughs> all right. That was before we found out that the owners were no longer uh, amongst the living. We don't know if there's more owners or not. We left a note. Oh, we're taking dead people's things, and he was just killed in a really horrible manner. He's laying there. Was it a he or she, actually? Uh, It was a he. And when you say he's laying there, you notice that his jacket is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, there it is. No, it's it's over there. It's it's been completely splayed out. It's been folded (laughs) neatly. It just doesn't look as big as it once did. Mm -hmm. What's her face in her hands? And he would. Sure, sure. You took his jacket. And it's laid out over there. And the boots are resting right there. You're awful. He was just killed a yes. few hours ago. And we're trying to prevent the same thing from happening to us, and this will help. Theoretically. By, by the way, Randus totally has one in the fire, and as this, <laughs> as this happens, he's just like, he's trying to hold it back and then just crunch. <laughs> well, those are thumbs. <laughs> You too. <laughs> what? It, it, how do you think he figured out how to do it? I pointed at him. No, no, no. He taught me. I didn't learn. I didn't teach him. No, don't. This is not my doing. <laughs> that's, that's no, no, what I no. Meant. I think it's all you're doing. Everyone's doing. Everyone's doing. That's looking at each other and doing the yes, thing. Yes, we 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 have chosen to do this. We uh, it's the most practical thing to do. We chose while I was sleeping. Didn't think it'd be that big of an issue. You brought a greater Faye with you. Not on purpose. You're doing this on purpose. You waited until I was asleep to do this. No, we no. waited until we had confirmation that they didn't exist anymore. Look, I, I did leave a note, okay, so that if they do return and they see this, they can be recompen- re- Yeah, they can be reimbursed for their loss. Compensated. You left a note? Yes. We'll even add that they can get more than a P.S. As I <laughs> scribble on the scroll. Add 10% for your troubles. Tell them you're very Initials. Sorry. We're very... P.P.S. E. <laughs> very sorry. Is this or no, or Elvin? so sorry. In I'm, I'm guessing Elvin. this is an Elvin. Elvin. Yes. Yeah. So a few more loopy things. Yes. Yep, it's just loop, 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 loop. Is that okay? And then, like, a couple of them have, like, a dot on either side of the loop. Yeah. Yeah. The triple dots. She's kind of like, you know, when she was really upset about Guy being dead, she pushed her (laughs) face into a corner. So this room's kind of round, right? It's pretty circular. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can, you can, however, if you, if you wanted, get between the wall and the armoire. That kind of forms the corner. Okay, she's going over there to push her face. Okay. Trell puts her face there. <laughs> what What is the oh, emotional tone and reaction of the rest of the group as she does this? Didn't think it'd be that big a deal. I don't know. Uh, well, we're not laughing at her. If that's what you mean. <laughs> laughing is out of character. And we're certainly not laughing. We're trying. I, Orem, is being practical. Look, 
I will write, uh, you know, we've left a note. Here is, here was the plan, or a plan. <clears throat> and I thought we were only voting on the gold anyway. <laughs> no, the plan was to vote on everything. It was, it was all or nothing. We were definitely we not voting about, about the taking... mess, the, the, the body that we hadn't even known about until it got here. That body doesn't need this stuff anymore. Or those other ones. Or those other... And for all we ones. know, that could have been the last one. Or even a different... Could being. have been a different one, too. So... I'm sleeping here. <laughs> Standing up in the water? In the corner? Yes! Sorry to disturb your rest. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Clink, 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 clink. I kind of want to take the new coat and cover her. There's an awful lot of empty pockets here. I don't know if I would do that or not, but that's what I really want to do. That's a nice comfort. That's terrible. It is. Sort of. Search your feelings. You got other coats. So terrible, yet cute at the same time. <laughs> God, we're rubes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, do do you do you uh, do go put thing. put a I, dead man's coat on her? No, I'll, I'll, I'll remove mine and go in. Okay. If you insist on sleeping, standing up. If not, here's a bedroll. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Squeeze his hand. She's had a tough night. <laughs> okay. So, since we've already mapped it out, you guys eventually <laughs> manage to pulverize all the remaining uh, Eladrin magic items. Yes. Okay. Now... Can we do something about this? Uh, what do we got? Your, your face. <clears throat> so what? How many items was oh. that all together? Did you say you could probably do it in six hours? Yeah. Yes. There's eleven mm -hmm. items. So the first one would be, you know, he's taking it down and he's learning, learning it, mm -hmm. and then five apiece, five more hours. Yep. So six total hours. After that, uh, you know, can we use some of this to uh, get at least get some of us some upgrade? One second. So. What do, actually, for that matter, Ket, uh, Torque, and Trell do over those six hours? Cry in the Trell's corner? sleeping, I think. Yeah. Trell is not going to be able to sleep that long. <laughs> okay. Um, she's going to go walk. I don't think she wants to be in the room then. <laughs> go bury some flowers. For the first couple hours, still be awake. I think, because it would be a watch still. No, yeah, she wasn't on watch. She had tried to go to uh, sleep. Except for Torque. I think he's asleep, isn't he? Is Torque asleep still? I don't know. Is Torque going to be able to sleep? <laughs> uh, if you wanted to. I mean, this is making a lot of noise, but this also wouldn't be the first time that while Torque was sleeping, they were making magic noises over there. You certainly, you can hear them talking, so there's no danger. Um, okay. You could also hear them arguing... 
and wake up during that, except that we kind of already had the argument scene. So you would have had to, essentially, that would have woken you up and you could have woken up afterwards. Okay. So Torque is trying to sleep. Right. Okay. So Trail is walking out after yeah. a couple hours. Yeah. I'm trying to walk around, maybe, I don't know, look for another cave full of not <laughs> dead people and not jerks. <laughs> um. <laughs> People she's upset with. Hey, when uh, I gave you a jacket and a bedroll. <laughs> yes, she did. Thank you. <laughs> when you walk out, uh, you see uh, this. Um, um, kind of a. Uh, what's a good way to describe it? Like, think of a daddy long legs. Oh, Jesus Christ. At the, nope. um, <laughs> nope. Except at the very end of its feet, it's like um, like uh, kind of big, round suckers. Nope. nope. No. And then oh, God. where its cephalothorax would be is a golden helmet. Oh, <laughs> um, of course. And it's outside of the um, of the perimeter. Um, so this thing's because it's moving is the first thing you notice. The second thing you notice is basically this uh, swath, 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 swath of uh, dead golden kind, um, kind of in this cone, at, right at the edge of the perimeter and, and heading outward. Um, and it is going around. It opens up its helmet head. Um, it has those three little spheres that spin around and it kind of like clicks a couple times and then this like white, like brilliantly white gout of flame shoots out and it appears to be incinerating the corpses. Hmm. It runs back in. Yeah. This one does not pay any attention to you. Like it, cause you're clearly within sight of it when you pop out right. and it just does not look at you at all. Guys, there guys. are also alive ones as well. Like it was. Do they the seem to be one. like running away from it or anything? No. Oh Jesus! It, it walked right by other living ones, and they did not even move. Oh, so it was only incinerating the corpses, right? Mm-hmm. Guys, 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 guys. Yeah. The corpses yeah. were moving outward from our position. Yes. Yep. There's a, there's a, a thing, and it kind of looks like a, a day long legs thing, and it's a. It's a golden kind, and it's, uh, uh, c- come here, come here, come here. Okay. Torque is uh, up. Okay. Crunch. Crunch. Hey. That worked out. <laughs> well, this thing, it's like, uh, burning up the corpses of a bunch of golden kind. Yeah. If you I'm, guys, if you guys peek out of the cave, you can see it. Look at that thing. After after it does that, it seems to like it melts them down completely, and then it appears to be absorbing the gold with this its face. Mm. It's it? a spider. What's it doing? I think it's is repurposing it their dead. It's eating the little ones. But why were they dead in the first place? Would that have anything um, to do with our visitors last night? Uh, given um, the description that I was given. Uh, much, much, a million years ago of how the Baltanak eats. Does this seem, did the body seem to be uh, 
mold in the same way. It depends what time of day it is. Right. Um, this does not seem like the sort of thing he would do in his other form. Right. This seems like the sort of thing he would do in his current form. Like, because he didn't eat right. them. He just Please. basically swatted them aside as he was walking in and out. Uh, I think the Baltanok, uh, 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 dealt with a bunch of them. So that's, oh, a, that's, that's a good thing. It's a bonus. Yeah, but we... Yes. This, this, is a spider a brains of the outfit, maybe? Uh, it might or be is just, it just like a recycling like a, thing. A worker bee. Uh, I don't know. I think see, would either of us have the uh, queen I wanna kill it. on us? I don't or think us. that's wise. Go closer to it. I don't think that's wise. You go closer to it. Give me the hand. You've got the shoulder. Are we doing this inside. now? Go get the shoulder. I'll go get the backpack and give it to Kit. <laughs> pack. I guess I don't need to take it out. Exasperated sigh. <laughs> you get some grumbles for carrying Can't get the backpack your weapon out. so roughly. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Walk forward. Okay. The, uh, weapon out, Kit. Towards it. Yeah. Yeah. It starts backing off. All right. Seems like nothing to worry about now. Mm. <laughs> That's good. We might want to keep an eye on it, but... I'll I'll sit out here and watch it. To... I don't think that's wise either. Yeah, we can see it from the entrance, right? Mm-hmm. We can stay inside and watch it from in there. She makes like a tiny, weird hissing and slash annoyed noise. <laughs> Besides, it's Torque's turn. Toss him the twig. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's what the that cat expected. Wig we picked up in. Is it the spring? Mm-mm. No, summer. 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 That's why. That's why it's doing watches during that time. That's why it's a twig. Yeah, but it's like oh. the size of a staff. <laughs> yeah, it's the twig we well, picked up in the summer. Oh, okay. Why? Why do I want it again? You're on watch. What? what everybody's awake. What am I watching? You're going to sit at the entrance and watch th- that thing while Randis and Orem finish up their thing. And did you did you walk back towards these guys? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just another one gets incinerated. I said, oh, I watch. we need to get some rest. So is your amulet mm-hmm. of life plus one or plus two? It's only a plus one. Oh, it's okay, too expensive then. to upgrade it, right? Uh, the, it's too expensive to upgrade to the plus three version, but oh. the plus two version is only 5,000. There is basically, we can just pay the difference to upgrade an item yeah. rather than having oh. to disenchant, take the quarter of the cost. and. Okay, then that's 4K difference. Did we already factor in all that cost into the disenchantment? We hadn't done anything okay. with that yet. Yeah. All right. That was going to be a separate transaction. <laughs> all right. Should it only be 24k to get the plus three? Do you have that much, Kat? No. All right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is a pretty good one. I do need the 4k from the actual material components because all I have is actual cash. 
I think we can arrange that. <laughs> Done. Yay. So, Torque is keeping watch then? Apparently. Okay. And Randus and Orem go back to crunching? Yeah, there's only a few more left. Like, maybe two or three hours left. No. Mm-hmm. Two hours left? Mm-hmm. And Ket goes to sleep? Yeah. Yep. And what does Trell do? Lay on the ground, upsetly. Okay. <laughs> Face down. Okay. <laughs> so use the bedroll. So yes, on the bedroll, fine. Okay. <laughs> but you gain eleven temporary hit points if you. Thank you. <laughs> if you're not going to use it, I'm taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it. <laughs> so, on the outside, mm-hmm. um, Tor gets to watch this thing incinerate like a hundred things. Oh. They all dead? Yep. Alright. And then hey. after it's done, it just scoops up the last of the gold and then, you know, does its little weird walk away. And there's only one spider? Hmm? How quickly... Well, that's not my question. Well, you can I'm, ask. How quickly do the uh, replacements filter in? It's a steady stream. Okay. Hmm. They seem to be coming around from all over the place, but pretty soon there's a perimeter again. Like, by the time this thing is done, they're back to full force. Okay. Crunch. Crunch. All right. So, eventually the crunching is done. Everybody's gotten some amount of sleep. Uh, You guys can... Heal back up to full. Get your uh, healing surges back. Um, go back to a uh, one action reset to one action point, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, has new neck piece. Sure. We paid for it. Sure. Yeah. Yay. Yep. Plus two at five. Add it to your sheet and add it to the sheet that you give back to me. Already done. All right. Hmm. Redistribute the potions. Does everybody, How does everybody, everybody have, have one? one? <laughs> okay. I have... <coughs> you have a... a uh, Inver- one in one vulnerability. Wow. Uh, all... Everybody but Orm has one Alchemist's Frost. And... The, uh... The remote team has two invulnerable potions, and the uh, home team has three. Has <laughs> one each. Uh, what's this? What? The remote team, those two? Away the Skypers. Oh, the Skypers oh, okay. have two vulnerability potions apiece. Oh, okay. The, the Skype home team has one. I, I, thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were talking about splitting the party already. But No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they discussed that while you were asleep. <laughs> so we wake up and half the people are gone. How do you like it? Nah, he wakes up on the back of an eagle. <laughs> Getting him on there was a pain. <laughs> <laughs> Perception rolls have been slow, but I think I would. <laughs> I've been yes, aware yes, of that. But Trell, yes. maybe. <laughs> no, the party didn't split up. Okay. You, guys are still, sure. you guys are still there yes. looking super cool. Yeah, so what do we got? Ah, cool. 
major uh, the material components wise oh components wise we have 22,636 components 21,818 gold so no one invulnerability potion <laughs> we could make one level 14 item we're not going to do that <laughs> okay remember it's cold here we have to have something to continue to keep us yes you know, that's true from freezing to death is there any other major deficiencies magic item wise around the group well, it depends on what you mean by major deficiency. You can, you can, one item. You can, you one. can go around and tap everybody's next slot items. I'm pretty sure that Torque has a next slot item that you that you made for him, like yeah. at second level. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a plus one. Is it? Yeah, yes. so you should upgrade that to a plus two. What type of a? What 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 uh, is your magic your next slot item? What's it called? Oh, I don't know. It's a. Uh... Amulet of Protection. So that's just the basic one then, isn't it? Yeah. So you might be able to do the uh, plus three since it's only a level 11 at that point. Mm, maybe. They have to be within five to do the difference. Oh. Well, you could do it twice. <laughs> True. Because <laughs> it's, it's 9,000 to get to the plus three. Yeah, maybe one episode you guys could do, like, I don't know, some kind of explanation on... Making items and things. It's only eighteen hundred to get. Yeah, to plus probably. Two. Next contact on critical hit. Today we're going to be talking. All right. Plus one so, Stephen, we would be eighteen hundred to go up to plus three for torque next slot. Eighteen hundred what? Go or magic components. Do you want to do that or just go to plus two? Plus two would cost eighteen hundred minus the three sixty. Eighteen hundred. Okay. Uh, plus three would be 9,000 minus the 360. Oh, we could afford that. What will that do? That will put Torque's defenses up by one or two. Depending on Depending the price. On the His price. non-AC defenses. Non-AC defenses. We could probably go the 9,000. Okay, so it'll be 9,000 minus 360. And that's how much it costs? And that's how much it'll cost to upgrade. 8,640. Yeah. Correct. So you now have an Amulet of Protection plus three. Yay. Oh, okay. Somebody should put that on my official character sheet. Yep, I'll send that to you. But cool. right now, just make a note that you have a plus two to all your non-AC defenses from what it says in your sheet. Right. That should help. Anybody else okay. got a plus one in their neck or armor or weapon? We're down nope. to 13,964 component. Let me check myself. No, that's why I was going to look up Deathstalker. What's your next slot item, Steven? I've got a plus two resolution, uh, amulet of resolution. What level is that? Uh, level seven. Level seven. All right. Deathstalker. Oh, right. A magic item you forgot about? No. It would be a little over 10,000 to upgrade you to a plus three. I don't need to do that. We, yeah, I think I like to keep a little something in reserve. Yeah, no, I'd, I think that's pretty much the issue from here. You don't want to be quite godlike. No. What's your next slot, uh, Trell? Uh, plus, it's a plus three amulet. I'm good. Oh, okay. nice. She holds, like, digs into her uh, armor and, like, her jacket thing and pulls out an amulet. Why would um, you do I'm, that? When I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, horrible. 
Okay. Would you like to describe the amulet? Sure. So uh, she reaches into her jacket and pulls out this. Um, it's uh, it's purple, and it looks like a really fat gem. But there's kind of like it's if you look look at it, it looks like oh purple gem. But if you get close to it, it's um, kind of like a lava lamp inside. It's bubbling and stuff inside, and uh, she's got it on a, a a simple golden chain thing that's uh, got uh, what do they speak in the elemental chaos? Uh, Primordial, definitely. Primordial. So, <laughs> so it's got um, like really old primordial words on it that she can't read, and Ooh, what uh, do they say? Um, what what is the magic item? It's the amulet of Aranea. It's the uh, thing that lets me resist ten poison. Right. Realistic whiz bang action. She it, doesn't know what it says, GM. Oh, it it says um to uh it says to the lady of spiders on her uh, victorious day. Hmm. So she holds it up to Ken. <laughs> um, it's a gift to a lady uh, at a victory. Oh. Am I the lady? <laughs> no, it was, it was someone else's at one point, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Cool, yeah, that, cool. that amulet is definitely loot that you got somewhere along the way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She puts it back in her jacket. I'm good. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Could start crafting some gadgeteers garb. How much is that going to cost? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could take the head slot item, the cheap and well, gadgeteers goggles level eight, thirty, uh, three thousand four hundred. This feels like when dealing with my son when he wants to. <laughs> Skylander. How much is that going to cost? <laughs> All right. Uh, bonus cost? If I get at least two, then that ends up giving a bonus to uh, healing surges whenever anybody uh, spends them. And how much is that going to cost? <laughs> well, I'm seeing what I can do without hurting If you myself. get the gloves, you will get all of the Optimist's Frost. Ah. Because the gloves, gloves specifically give you a plus something plus two item bonus to attack rolls with alchemical items <laughs> and you're counting on me to make attack rolls yeah we're counting on you to make attack rolls <laughs> I like how his face just fell there that was you guys uh, I hope I hope that this helps you guys realize why when you guys got rituals I told you to get them ahead of time, time yeah mm-hmm. So I'm not going to come down too hard on this because this is like the first time that you've had downtime in a while. Mm-hmm. But from here on out, make a freaking wish list. Thought we had one at one point. Uh, yeah, we uh, did, but that was like level four. Rob, Rob, ha- Rob has updated his every level. Yeah. yeah. Rob has his own wish list. Yeah. Rob doesn't necessarily have a wish list for everybody. Well, nor should he. What's Rob a, has a wish list. I don't understand the wish list concept. Okay. Um, I'm just checking what my armor is. Essentially, you look at your equipment. Mm-hmm. You um, 
figure out what other magical items you would like to have. Look them up ahead of time, write it down, and eventually, with enough money and levels, Randos will be able to make that stuff for you. Yeah. That's that's the kind of thing that I'm probably going to need some input on, because the knowledge of what is and is not feasible and or available yeah, is the yeah, reason why I don't really have Yeah, that's my issue with it, too. Well, send me an email. Okay. It's like... Like, I want a really, really awesome sword. Well, that I mean, kills you, uh, Adriana, you have, uh, and actually, uh, both of you have access to a uh, a D and D Insider account. Yes. Yes. So you can type in a level range. You can type in, um, or just look through items at a particular level. And um, you know, right now, you guys are in Paragon tier, so that's eleventh through twentieth level, basically. So look through that stuff, and it's going to be. Next lot items, weapons, armor, all that stuff is technically available. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, figure out some things that you'd like. And then once you've narrowed that giant list of potential items down, and you'll know by name, like, there'll be things that you want and don't want. Like blood, death, kill force. Exactly. Some of you might want that. One of you probably wouldn't necessarily want that. I think both of you would probably want that. Happy um, bunny smiley eyes. Yes. So, I want that one. Yes. But but also keep it's in mind too that it it doesn't have to be something that we have to make while we're in camp. If we're in a town, they could go and buy those items too, right? No, not at this point. No, no not at this point. You can't you can't find items of this level anymore. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's like a there's like a like a money issue to it too, component oh, sure. to it. Yep. And a materials cost thing and yeah yeah. And is, for me, is Randus just capable of making any of these things, given if we have how if I we say have it's the like, funds, Randus If you have the anything. funds, okay. and it's within his level range, which is going to be your level plus three. three okay. Then he can make it. Yep. See, and this, uh, is, and this is the problem. See, that, exactly, and exactly, yeah, exactly your level is going to be what Orem can make. Yeah. It just smacks min-maxing to me. I don't know. So. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the way the game goes. You don't like that, that's Matthew? Mechanic. I don't. What's okay. wrong with it? I, it? That's that's one of the problems that I had in uh, the last two editions. But you know that's that's a, a play style thing that I have is when it when it comes to the game, if I'm looking at it, I, I don't necessarily want to look at it as you know, what what do I need to be more efficacious as as a character in the series of numbers on the paper. But again, that's I mean it's, that's a well, thing, and we'll deal. You with it. don't necessarily have to look at it that way. Uh, you can look at it as what cool things does Torque want to do with his items? You know, do you want a big flamey axe instead of a normal axe? Well, but does that big flamey axe do more damage or... Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Presumably, ideally when you're looking I, for something that's, that's not just flashy, but it's also very practical. Well, but but everything scales up in level. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we can find a flaming axe that is higher level than what he has right now. Mm-hmm. I see. But you don't... So you don't like doing that, Matthew? You don't like having your stuff up? I really don't. Um, and again, it's just a style thing. Well, it, it, do you do you not like it because you hate it to sit like sitting there while all the other guys sat and min-max their characters? What are we talking about? What What do you think is the source of your dislike for it? it from the player perspective, for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go into it and I'm going to say these are the things that are available that I would really like, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, again, I can deal with that, but that's not necessarily. I, I guess to me, that's kind of a deductive way of playing the game. It's the breakdown of, you know, what can I do here, or what do I want to do here, and what can I do here. That's not necessarily the way that I've been approaching Torque, and I don't think that's the way that Torque approaches things because Torque doesn't necessarily think, hey, you know, what would be awesome is if this. If he sees something, that's one thing, and that you know that's that's part of again. It's just my playstyle thing. It's not a big deal. So you would rather get. So you would rather get new weapons and armor through achievement or an NPC doing the upgrade as opposed to, yeah. hey man, I want to get I, that flaming double-headed axe and go to town. Yeah, I really liked the backstory and how Torque got oh, his sure. current axe. No, I understand to the that. point where upgrading the axe is is one of the things that I'm a little leery of because to me, you know, there's like there an would, emotional there story be, attachment to the axe. Exactly, there would need to yeah. be an equally compelling reason to change from the weapon that he has. I can understand that. Like, I mean, we haven't gotten into like how did Terrell get her weapons? We just made like I think he. Literally, like Rodrigo in in this session was like, "Oh, an if ifrit," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that that'd be really cool." Like, <laughs> and yeah, like the the history with like, oh, the cogs, and uh, you know, in Torque's case, like becoming uh, like following Coralon and stuff like that. It kind of so um, I, I understand I understand that perspective a lot. Like that's that's another thing is that I I'm like, oh well, I'm kind am I kind of. It's like, oh, well, is it weird to get rid of this thing that, um, yeah. practically speaking, someone's given you for a, a like, Master Althorn gave Orum a, a, a thing. Right. It's like, it's like, ooh, should he, should he get rid of that thing for this other thing kind well, of Well, he, he doesn't have to, because, I mean, the, the upgrades are literal upgrades to those just items. Up you can they can be the just, same item? Yep, yeah. you can just power the same item up. Okay. Um, the other option is you don't necessarily have to get rid of that item to make it a different item. In-game, it could be the exact same item, just Randis and Orem have oh, tweaked with it to make it so it, you know, instead of rotating with grinding gears, Torx's axe bursts into flames. Right. Yeah, I, so, I think that's a, a thing that a lot of players don't, and, yeah. don't feel... <laughs> I, I understand Matthew's perspective, so, that's something I didn't, didn't right. understand. So and and you can do that. You can upgrade the the same item. Um, so here's the deal: um, Dungeons and Dragons gives players piles of cash to do this, um, and it would be from a playstyle both unfair and unbalanced for Matthew to not get gear out of this, right? Because that's what the gold is for, right? Um, I would say. Uh, Matthew, that uh, if you can think about a way to reconcile this, because um, much like spending 17 minutes calculating damage, this game asks particular things of its players. And sometimes we have to throw our hands in the air and say, well, that's just what the game is doing. And sometimes we have to come up with cool things within the game to explain the things that the game makes us do. There's no such thing as a rotary battle axe. We made that <laughs> shit up. You know? Um, this is something that we're kind of all coming up together. And you can rely on your fellow players and on their characters to enhance what 
Torque is doing and what Torque is about. You know, all of these magic items, they're not materialized. You know, it's not just money that becomes magic items. Randus and now Orum are making these magic items for the party. You know, they are personal. They are stuff that your friends are making for you so you don't die. So think about it that way and see if you can see if you can work that out. So, for example, if uh, a Torque wanted to... Is he have- gone? Looks like it. Wow. That was my best speech ever. <laughs> Wasn't no. it? Oh, no. All right. Cut out that segment. Back. Send it to Matthew. <laughs> Let's see if we get him Jeez. back. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense, Rodrigo, but that's, that's like something that I think a lot of players <laughs> don't grasp. Like, oh, I really like Extremely how stuck. I got this. I, I fought that dragon for this sword, and I really like the sword, or my girlfriend gave me this amulet, something like that. Right. Like... I, th- I think there's because there's story attached to stuff. Um, absolutely, absolutely. I understand the emotional but, attachment. But magic items fall from the sky in Dungeons and Dragons as well. Right. Not everything can have the same level yeah. of attachment anyway. Right. But and, and and Matthew did drop off listeners, but um, if Torque wanted to have his axe, but have Orem inscribe some special pattern on there, right. that could that's, upgrade it to right, a right. plus whatever. That's that's one way to do it, and I I think that. Um, there, uh, the, the idea that it's min-maxing and that it's, because, because I think partially, um, it also feels like, like, it's not that it feels like min-maxing, it's that it somehow feels like cheating, like this is not necessarily something that should be happening. Um, I mean, I can understand I think, that. And from I think Matthew's that, and I think that, that. that response is well is is common if you're approaching the game from a purely narrativist perspective. You know, yeah, I don't I have the... I don't have control over the universe. Why should I get this stuff? I only have control mm-hmm. over my character. My character is not going to ask for right, a plus right, right. three magic weapon. Probably more. So of a he shouldn't get it. All right, no, that's why. All right. Yeah, that that sounds. That's exactly what I think. My right, train of right, thought is right. sometimes it's like the oh, like I feel like I'm I'm cheating if I'm asking the game to to give me specific things. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hold on it, just a second. In I mean, end. usually I had like a a my DM like would ask us for like uh, wish lists and stuff, and I was like, I feel like inappropriate right. telling them and what that's, to do, and also that's because why, they know the game better than me. Yeah, you know. Hilariously, I guess part of the problem is that I don't do that. I just give you guys magic items that I think you guys are going to like or be able to use and that are built into the story. Right. Um, so nobody's necessarily used to that at this table. But this is a, a story uh, for you would be getting magic items for story reasons. And there's, you know, just like you have to tell me that you shift a square. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also tell Brian, or really tell me that that level fourteen magic item that you have the funds for could very well, or you know, that you want a new scimitar. Right, right. And okay. we can work it into Randus's brain because I think Brian would be amenable to that to say, <laughs> "Oh, you know what? I just thought of the bestest thing that would go well for Trell <laughs> is this amazing scimitar that Adriana also wants." Right. Right, right. Okay. It can okay. all it can all harmoniously work out, and it has to because in the end, this is a stupid role playing game. 
Um, <laughs> what? This the, is the most awesome role-playing game. In the Yes, it is, but that doesn't make it any less it's of a stupid a role-playing game. Yeah. No. In the end, you hit the walls. You can walk in, You can try <laughs> and walk into the forest all you want, but in the end, the pine trees are just wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you just have to accept that and go kill that stupid Russian guy because, man, was GoldenEye a freaking hard game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matthew's yeah. dropped out. He said he lost power at home. So, we'll, uh, uh, from story, you know, story wise, we kind of diverged or broke away from the story because we kind of did get into this mechanics thing. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of listeners have been asking us to talk more about mechanics. Um, so, hopefully, um, hopefully, you guys got a little bit out of that. I mean, we didn't go into the maths of. Well, do we want to? Uh, okay, let's. So then, let's actually just sit down and explain magic item creation. You got a head slot item. Do I? Yeah. And I've got my little uh, uh, yeah, he does. Okay. band of um, awesome. So, uh, obviously, there's lots of magic items in D&D. And at every level, the party gets a certain amount of money, which is supposed to go into learning new rituals, using rituals, and also building magic items. Um, every level, the whole party gets all of four or five magic items. Mm-hmm. Which means that... It takes forever for everybody to be completely suited up with magic items and then for those magic items to be kept up. So if you actually have guys in the party who can build magic items, they can at least keep you at that level baseline of where your magic items should be and not let anything drop too far. That's the plus two next slots right? that we just added. Right. So um, that's Dungeons & Dragons is a game that is all about every little modifier that goes into things and the game Mm. is built that way um so you kind of to a certain degree need to do that um if you are a game master and you have uh, a game where nobody has magic item creation feats um a lot of the times what you kind of need to do is take that gold that they would be getting anyway and convert it back into magic items and give it to them um because they're not going to be able to make them themselves Mm. um but you know there's classes that come with that ritual for free um artificers artificers come with it for free and i think nowadays druids might be able to pick it at Um, character creation because druids get a wider no it's level five and six but well there you go a wizard can at least get it for free at level five because they get like a couple free rituals i think at level five um so you got that going for you which enchants level four this enchants six Oh, there you go. So, still, still, same thing applies. Yeah. Um, so, to create a magic item, you're essentially, in uh, mechanical terms, simply buying a magic item mm-hmm. with uh, components instead of gold. Um, and that's all it is. The prices are exactly the same as for a magic item. When you crunch a magic item, you are also getting an amount of components back as if you were reselling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that math is kept completely the same. You get the same benefit from spending 360 gold on a sword as you do spending 360 magic components to uh, gold worth of magic components to craft a sword. Uh, of course, magic item creation allows you to personalize that to a large degree story-wise. You know, the game has descriptions for items. The game has descriptions of how the ritual is supposed to look and work and things like that. But you can always personalize it. I would imagine that after 
getting the fundamentals, the way that uh, Randus creates a weapon is going to be very different from the way that Horam creates a weapon. Right. Uh, so that's kind of the basic idea of creating magic items. These are rituals, so you have to have the ritual caster feat, which, again, a lot of classes get for free. Uh, wizards, artificers, druids, so on. Bards. Bards. Uh, scions. Scions, I think. Uh, clerics. Yeah, clerics. Not shamans. <laughs> I know. Totally weird. <laughs> if you're a shaman, you should probably pick it up anyway. It makes sense. I don't yeah. know why they don't get it. Uh, invokers? Um, maybe. Invokers are weird. Yeah. Invokers Invokers hang them. out off by themselves and don't play well with other guys. <laughs> Except for angels. Yes. Except for their cool friends that they like to high-five because they're angels. I don't think Sword Mage gets it. No. But uh, also, you can always pick it up as a feat. But yeah, any anybody can pick it. You up need as a to. Feat. You need to. I think you need to be trained in Arcana or religion to I pick it up. Don't think you even need to be that. Oh really? Yeah, I, I think uh, Ritual Caster is just be a character for prerequisites. Hmm. Connor asks, as you guys are looking this up. Sure. Been listening to the podcast for an age. Says he loves everything. I, and somebody said, "Oh, you last time you guys read an email, you skipped over all my praise." <laughs> we, we really appreciate the praise, but um, I, I guess you were uh, correct. Sorry, Arcana or religion? Is that what mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. So sometimes just to move things along and get through as many questions as we can, I tend to yes. splice and, out and, those and things. And we don't. And we certainly don't mean to downplay the fact that you're praising us. No, we, 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 appreciate we appreciate it. That. We do read it. Yeah. But a lot sometimes we don't read it on the air because we need to get to the questions right. and to fit the most the, right. the largest amount of questions. Right. We skip, and to make we sure that ahead. you guys realize that we don't have big egos and we right. do appreciate right. it. Right. We do appreciate Which we do and we we have huge egos and we're very self conscious about it. Thus we skip the praise. <laughs> we're a very so, conflicted group. Yes. It's after just all, so hard. For after us. all of that stuff you guys have talked about, which would have actually took longer to read than had you just read my <laughs> phrase comment to you guys. Here's my question. How, when you start a campaign, do you get the players to go where you want them without shouting at them where you want them to go? Uh, we get this question. Yes. That is an interesting... I mean, it kind of comes down to the style that you run with, because, mm-hmm. I mean, some DMs like to leave a much more open world where there is not specifically a place to go, but that tends to create some pretty big work or a lot of on-the-fly work. Right, right. And Definitely. Yeah. Uh, other times, I mean, yes, it ones that are more prep-based, especially in a system like this where prep is kind of needed to mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. get things ready, that... <laughs> Yeah, it it can be difficult. I mean, the main thing is just to kind of leave the actual physical location in the real world kind of loose and just have these encounters or whatnot ready to be slotted in mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. they may stumble upon. And but uh, and and of course, the issue with that becomes, uh, you know, again, it's either a lot of work on the fly, like yeah. how do I work this pack of kobolds into the plot, yeah. or a lot of random encounters, which you know can be like if none of your combats are plot related. Um, I think. But but again, but this is sort of like my artistic opinion on things. I think it detracts from the game, but that just yeah. goes to show the kind of game master that I am. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's it. It really is all about style. The other option is to, and this is how I've been. Apparently, this is how I've been DMing for quite some time. Is you actually build the campaign with whatever the mission or story is in mind. You're setting up these characters, so you're They're giving them mission. the goal. 
they're going to be on this mission to start with. If you listen to, they're basically part of some sort of organization that are giving them a specific. And and, and it's in the end. I mean, what Rob is saying is actually a little bit more basic than that, and it is probably the main source of player, like player versus player conflict and player versus is, game master yeah. conflict, is the fact that a lot of game masters, a lot of dungeon masters, just tell the kids. Build whatever character you want. Yeah. And then it is incredibly difficult to work them into the plot because, you know, Timmy has a character that doesn't fit into that game world. Mm -hmm. You know, Janie has a character that's not very well thought out, but she knows that she kind of wants to be a jerk. So (laughs) that gets expressed before any other thing comes to the fore. You know, you end up with characters with, uh, you know, a very small backstory that can't, that end up taking a backseat to everyone else just because they didn't bring enough stuff to for the game master to play with it's difficult to then deal enough plot to everybody if the players didn't come with some before or if you didn't spend time doing it yeah so in the end how do you get players to go where you want without screaming at them to go where you want (laughs) you do a lot of preparation beforehand you make sure that a character walks into your game already going where you want them to go or you ask them where they want to go and that's what your game's about that's what which in the, the which, yeah, yeah which in the end is the same thing yeah um it is that characters that are already aligned to it you know if you look at a movie like oceans 11 all of those guys are already criminals all yeah. of those guys have a reason to get in there you know if you look at a movie like gladiator it's like all of those guys have an awful backstory as to why they all became gladiators, right? <laughs> so, again, work on those backstories. Make sure everybody lines up to what you're going to want to do. Um, and tell them ahead of time the tone of your game. You know, I want a heroic game. I want a game where everybody's a jerk and they're just out looking for themselves. And the game's going to be, let's see who shakes <laughs> how it. One. Yeah. Let's see how it all shakes down and see how, every, you know, whether everybody survives in the end. One. All right, cool. Um, Nathan writes in and says... I'm currently planning a campaign that will involve the party fighting lots of monsters that either were or still are effectively people with levels in player classes. Hmm. However, uh, I apologize if this has gone over in one of the books and I missed it. I have no idea if it's possible to use guidance from the DMG or Monster Manual to balance the PC's fighter fighting effectively another PC. Does Rob or Rodrigo or maybe even Adriana... Uh, have any idea how to effectively balance an encounter with PCs on both sides? But not it's, Brian. Well, he did say Brian, although he uh, did roll lo- roll low. So uh, <laughs> a bad initiative. Well, monsters in Fourth Edition specifically are built differently from players, and that's largely because because of encounter and dailies. It can be weird. Monsters don't have any particular reasons to save dailies and not to burn out all their encounters. So if you're just taking a PC character and throwing it in, it's going to be pretty darn powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There are some templates in the Dungeon Master's Guides 1 and 2 to make player character-like characters. I think they're just in the DMG 2. Okay. No, I think I think they're in the original DMG, DMG, but you might as well look at the DMG 2 because it's going to be more recent stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's stuff like, well, I want them to fight a paladin. Yeah. So it gives you like an extra ability to make the guy more paladin-like, and it does give it the flavor of that class. I would, like Brian was saying, I would not suggest that you throw PCs at them mm-hmm. because they have no reason to hold those encounters, right? Yeah. Unless you take dailies away, in which case you unbalance yeah. them in the other direction. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that might be an option, especially if you're wanting to throw hordes at him, like it kind of sounded uh, like. Even yeah. then, I mean, PCs get a ton of hit points yeah, that's in 4th edition. So and a lot of ways to get healing. So it's going to, no? No, monsters no. get more hit points than PCs. Oh, yeah, do they? More. Well, oh, my God, yes. Okay, PCs get more ways to heal. Monsters get yes. just more flat yes. hit points. Okay, yeah. Yeah, PCs have actual healing. Monsters right. rarely get healing. Monsters just Other have than... a crap ton of hit points uh, compared to PCs of the same level. Uh, I know this because I've been running, basically, I've been doing Paladins and Dinosaurs again for a, mm-hmm. a local group, and they did the same where they do the fight against other They did the other same thing, thing that we did? How dare you? It's a ritual. Uh. It's in the oh, same. Oh, you're talking about a ritual. I thought you were talking about the same. Uh, Not the exact same. Quest They're actually. No, no, no. And I've been a bystander to his game. He he actually took our quest as a background to the oh, cool. going ons of these. So then characters. that was an ongoing bit after our bit. Yeah. You Steven, guys ever... Steven has been sated. <laughs> <laughs> he will now retreat back into his volcano. Do you guys ever reuse campaigns? Do you ever, like. I um, played this game once 20 years ago. This would be a good Matthew question, actually, if he were here. Uh, Do you ever guy t- guys ever take a game from, like, 10 years ago that you created that went really well, and now you're with a totally different group of people and say, let me regurgitate that same thing again and yes. see what happens? I have been using the same campaign setting for the last... Setting. Well, not setting. The def- actual adventure. The actual adventure. Like, yeah, like... Drow like, attack. Like have you our, run? Have you ran drow attack before? Again, yeah, this uh, goes to our right, right. general non-playing of pre-canned adventures. Mm-hmm. That you know, hey, we don't have these just sitting around, written up, ready to rerun again in the same locations and the same well, but situations. Rodrigo has a plethora of notes. In twenty yeah. years, when your two nephews are old enough to be uh, sucked into the world of D and D, and you're no longer around any of us because right. I died of a heart attack. Right. <laughs> And took you know, Rob with you. and a half years yeah. ago. And I took Brian <laughs> yeah. and Rob out. I'm pretty sure Brian time. and Rob would take each other yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just you. Right. Uh, no Adriana, no Matthew. Your nephews and, and their four friends. Right. And do you Somehow say, I'm also dead. Yes. Well, Adriana is, you know, She's uh, running, to a higher running an online gaming company <laughs> right. that she took over years Adriana ago. Has, has Adriana no has no time for little people like Rodrigo. Adriana has become a cyborg and now hungers for human flesh. <laughs> no. So she would be. Uh, would you ever just crack open, uh, <laughs> crack a open uh, critical hit and uh, say, "Hey, boys, certainly let's not, play a tale." Certainly not critical hit, um, because say like I could potentially a- explode Moonhold again, but so much of critical hit is based on the characters. True. Um, you know, we're we are playing this season because of Orm, right? <laughs> just one hundred percent. If Orm wasn't around, we probably would have never gone into the Feywild. Um, Damn it. <laughs> yep, there you go. So that's that's whose fault it is. You're um, welcome. I have I have used uh something pretty close. I have used major chunks of stuff that I've done before to run for completely different groups that were not in any way tied to it. Mm-hmm. Um that has always ended up disastrously <laughs> um if that's an adverb. How so? Yeah. But but not for any reason that I can discern other than it just happened to go poorly. Like, I could have run any game and that group would have fallen apart. Oh, Adriana, what about you? Have you done that? Have you reused uh, games? Um, the right. game that we were running was something that um, our DMs had done before. It was, like, uh, based on some pre-made uh, adventure. But when I got a hold of it, I just ran it right into several walls and when I handed it back to the DM it was basically completely unrecognizable 
and I felt so bad for her because <laughs> it's like I hadn't exactly written us into a corner, just like a corner on the other side of the planet, uh, speaking a different language kind of corner. <laughs> uh, but it it complete she she just a just a just a pro completely handled it. Uh, she didn't bring it back to the canned adventure, um, but uh, yeah, she completely completely came out with really what's the word elegant uh, mm-hmm. ways to tie things together that I hadn't even thought of. It's it's actually really interesting to do a sort of. Uh, I don't know, round robin type type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is difficult. Yeah, it's certainly difficult to do because um, it's it's hard to all agree on where you want the story to go without giving story points away. Exactly. Yes. Um, I yes. find it incredibly difficult to do that, and it is probably my second least favorite way of 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 running round, and round robin. Yeah, that's what with, Rob likes to do, though. Right. Right. That, with with the first one being a canned adventure. Like, that is the worst oh, possible yeah. thing that I can think of. Second worst, <laughs> handing my game to anybody else. Yeah. Well, but in a sense, though, and this is what I was going to get to, uh, in a sense, though, you have handed your game to everyone else because I know that there are people who are taking your ideas and your world and the setting that you've created. And that doesn't. That does That's... not affect this game. No, it doesn't affect yeah. this game, yeah. So, yeah, anybody can play in the setting for critical hit, but... That has no bearing on my game. Sure. Nobody decides on you know what Asmodeus feels like doing today, except for me. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, I'm curious of people who have set up their games in Critical Hit Realm. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been in your experience? You can send those to us. Podcast at majorspoilers dot com or use the comment section in the, in this episode. I don't know what episode this is. Mm-hmm. One of them, uh, and uh, share your thoughts on that. Especially if we've done something to cause it to completely counteract whatever you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you, <laughs> oh, if you've yeah. been playing kind of... And I know, I know of at least one listener who has basically taken the exact same plot and everything uh-huh. and tried to run it with his people. And I don't know what the end okay. result is, but yeah. I'd be interested to see how many of you who have tried to take uh, that same campaign and apply it to your characters, how that turned out for you. And that I, might answer. I doubt it's similar. I, no, I doubt it would be similar too. Uh, because I mean, you guys like make decisions that there's no way to predict what decisions you would make. I've done the same long-term campaign a couple of times. Oh, there how you did go. that work? Rob, Rob just caught up to us. <laughs> Rob was looking at. <laughs> he was in, hey guys, he was he was thinking. <laughs> let's see, uh, caravan guards. No. Uh, yeah, I've done caravan guards a couple of times. You're all, that's all one shot. You're all bullywogs. No, <laughs> you were looking through the DMG. Yeah. Uh, basically, don't, don't yeah, do it. Bullywogs are awful. Yes, that's how I want to do it. All right. Yeah, he wants to inflict that on us. Uh, yes. I want to inflict that on Brian. <laughs> bah, monster! You can't use your healing surges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, yeah. There's class templates in the DMG one pages one eighty two and one eighty three. There you go. There you go. Uh, but now the and two. They're Man, Rob is just running through them. Yes, there are uh, changes in the DMG. Yes, I have run the, the same campaign multiple times. Yeah, that that was basically I had to restart it a few different times was mm-hmm, the big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went all right. I mean, it was kind of a very predictable campaign. This was the first stuff that I was really running, and I get I get very invested in my games. To, and and to a large degree that prevents me from ever running the the same the same uh, mm-hmm. game again. I I have posted on the major spoilers forums 
and on my Tumblr, an entire, well, a, a basic skeleton of a setting, and it's like three pages long, mm-hmm. of a game that I was going to run for a particular group of people that I kind of tailored to the stuff that they had mm-hmm. pitched me, and then they all moved away. Yeah, like yeah, so every every member moved away, and I was like, I'm not going to run this game because it was for them. Like I'm, I can't run this for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I just put it up for people to use. Um, so settings brings us to uh, Bronson's question, uh, dear, dear critical hit guys and Trell. Um, I have lately been uh, DMing my first campaign. But I've really struggled at creating a scene for my players to visualize and is wondering if you guys had any tips for painting the scene. Usually I'm really good at mechanics for the game. By the way, we're playing 4E, but I can't seem to portray the picture I have in my head to them. Any suggestions would be a great help. Well, I guess, Bronson, the first thing I would say is, tell me what you see, right? Yeah. And then describe it. When I go out in the morning and I describe my driveway was wet this morning because it had rained the night before... There were still clouds in the sky as they rolled slowly westward uh, over the houses in the neighborhood. And as the sun rose, the red sky in the morning knew that trouble laid ahead for my day. <laughs> That's how you describe the scene, right? Now, I've set that up, hopefully painted somewhat of a picture. Huh? Tell your characters, tell your players what you see in your head. And if that means you have to write it down and look for uh, flowery adjectives and, and adverbs, you use them. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of ways to go about it, and I think different people will have different styles, different things that they latch onto. I do... Personally, I make a lot of similes mm-hmm. and metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, something being the size of an elephant... Mm-hmm. to me, is a lot more descriptive than something being, uh, you know, 10 feet tall at the shoulder right. or something like that. Also, because I'm terrible at distances. <laughs> like, seriously, you guys, I'm really bad with units. I would like to blame this on the fact that I moved from, <laughs> from the metric empirical system empirical. to right. imperial yeah. system at yeah. a very crucial point in my education, yeah, yeah. and I just totally hey, messed them both up. That's okay. Thanks. At my most critical juncture, they decided, hey, teaching metric in the grade school system would be a great idea. Right. Let's, Im- let's and, get and, rid of it. Yes. And then abandoned it and then immediately abandoned it two after. Two years later. Right. Yeah. 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 No. And that's, that's basically what happened, sort of what happened to me. Yeah. I went from one system to the other. So we'll blame it on that and not on the fact that I'm just bad at this. Yeah. Uh, but but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, how do people perceive the world through their senses? So, speak to the senses. Um, how does something smell? How yeah. does something feel? What does something sound like? You know, um, and compare to things. Uh, in fantasy, and I'll throw this out there uh, for kind of a, an, ad, an advance, like a, a raise on that. <laughs> um, in fantasy, I try not to make... Uh, comparisons to real world things that don't exist in that world. Right, right, right. You know, um, he was as fast as, or uh, right, loud like, as an airplane. Right, this thing's as big as a bus right. or something yeah. like that. Right? Right, right, right. I try not to do that because it takes. I feel that it takes players out. For example, and I remember this very clearly because I had tried not to do it before, and then I did it, and I was, and it just totally happened. In uh, when we were playing Celestial Crusade, uh, I said that something else was happening somewhere in the city. It's like you guys were like in Germany and they were oh, in yeah, yeah. Spain. Right, and right. then the whole rest of the game, you guys referred to it as Spain. <laughs> and I was like, that is the opposite of what I wanted. You know, I, and, and that's the thing. is like, It's not the player's fault. It's, it's the language that I gave you to use. 
Um, Adrian, and also your you? guys' fault. And also um, totally your fault. <laughs> well, uh, the thing it. about the geography thing, that's almost impossible to explain, I think, without... I, I don't even know how you could... Um, that, I think Explain you have, that kind of distance. I think you have to switch away from metaphors at that point and just say, you know, how many days ride as the crow oh, flies, right. so on and so forth. Well, but again, it goes back to the painting of the scene. Now, there's some, uh, I think in the uh, DMG, it talks about helping to set your scene with your player. So bring in some pictures or bring in yeah. mood music I've and, done and that those before. kind of things. Yeah, how visual does that work out? How do visual aids uh, work? I have had like a, a TV set up that's connected that acts as like a, another monitor to my system. And so when there was like a specific item that I want, I really wanted them to like a fertility statue. Like I looked up a image of a fertility statue. And when I gave them a fertility statue, I turned on the TV and I was like, <laughs> look at that, something like that. And there are these cave paintings and they kind of look like these paintings. Um, but uh, when I mean, it's it's different for me because I can like sketch out an idea. Uh, right, right, right. But I think I think he's actually having like a literal problem. Like mm-hmm. uh, the the thing is, like Rodrigo has an incredible vocabulary. Uh, like, thank you. But no, it's there should be a like. A Yours isn't bad either. Well, I no, I think like you. I mean, it's obvious that you've been doing this for a while because you know the words for like a pauldron and things like that mm-hmm. like a, like things that uh, most people don't have in their vocabulary if that makes sense especially annoying because English is your second language <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's part of the awesome reason he why he's got such I know. a huge vocabulary but um, uh, I, I actually yeah. find like uh, uh, looking at pictures of other things like um uh, for uh, comic, my comic books and stuff, I have a giant file of um, interiors of palaces, interiors of houses, and stuff like that. And, um, but I, th- I think a lot of the time you kind of just need to hone in on a couple words. Rodrigo's actually very good at like using a couple of words to describe something and not getting too flowery. Um, like, it was dripping with sweat, and the the there was a heavy scent of lavender in the air because the uh, the curtains were also lavender, or whatever. It's like it's it's not obnoxious kind of fantasy writing. Um, I think. Well, the I mean, it doesn't falls into that purple prose area. It certainly does that when you become flowery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I guess well, like, and I like purple that's, prose. So that's that's, that's, the, that's the second part of it. Is once you once you get a feeling for how you like to describe things. Then start being brief. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a normal-looking average house. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you definitely don't want to do that unless you then go on to describe what the average house. Well, looks like I mean, in that once the once the players are familiar with the world, yeah, and then you say it's an average house. Or when we're in the warehouse right, district right. of uh, Celestial Crusade, mm-hmm. it looks like a warehouse. Well, we know what a warehouse right, looks like. Right, yeah. right, right. And, and you have to economize too. You right, can't right, spend right. because I have played with. Uh, game masters who do spend a lot of time describing things and sometimes you lose your audience mm-hmm. if you spend way too much time describing one thing that is probably not going to turn out to be that important yeah right right, and then right sometimes you lose your gamers if you try to describe something too much like you 
right. you don't you lose have the, the audience. You, have... you lose the PCs because you described this thing so elaborately. Uh-huh. That they're like, that has to be that has to be important. important. Yeah, right. and, and, and even <laughs> and, and yeah. even description of things is best. I, I've told you guys about the golem, like the whole yes. golem story, right? And like the golem statue. Well, it's like you told me. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I've talked about it in the in the show. But yeah, we I had a player who just got totally obsessed over a statue <laughs> that he believed 100% was going to come to life and fight them. Um, yeah. <laughs> because because I described it and it was an important statue and I was like meh I, I mean he that that's another thing I mean oh, okay Here, here's a suggestion <laughs> yes. let, me, let me see if this will work when you're setting up a environment a location write it down in four sentences mm-hmm. describe it as completely as you can in four sentences and no more and ah. then for your next location do three sentences and then two sentences. And if you can do that for four locations, or three locations, four, three, and two, you probably are going to have a good balance. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, play to the census. You know, in the end, I feel that running a game is is essentially an art form. Well, you are telling are- a story. You are doing this cooperative storytelling. Uh, you're in this cooperative storytelling environment. So get yourself into that mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Adriana brought up... Um, reference photographs and references i mean have references look through you know if it's a fantasy thing look through babylonian temples look through yeah. you know and the internet is full of that stuff mm-hmm. um well, look through your, your D books are full of that stuff yeah absolutely uh, there's tons of fantasy art out there mm-hmm. so and you know it can be as simple as you know pulling up the picture and be like all right well the arches are like really thin and tall and the stone is like this white porous stone. I mean that already gives you something. You're already looking right. at something in your head. Right. Like everybody who just heard that is now picturing that place. Right. Remember this is an old saying from radio. What we're dealing with especially in this podcast and what you're conveying to your listeners is a theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. You don't have mm-hmm. to show them everything, but you have to give them just enough to where they can build that world inside their head. And I guarantee you that the uh, description of uh, what we're seeing from the, um, what was the place in the, the Celestial Crusade, the compound? From the vineyard. From the vineyard. Rodrigo's description of the vineyard created a different version in my mind sure. than it would have created in Rob's or Brian's or Matthew's or Adriana's. Well, Matthew's. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, she, she heard listened it, to yeah. it. So um, everybody comes up with a different <laughs> thought. And so... Um, but we were all able to interact in that world, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what you're what you're looking for. I guess whenever I think of the vineyard, I was thinking more something of a, uh, you know, Renaissance Italian everything, yeah. Yeah. traditional, yeah. traditional scape. Everything's that's kind of a I golden see. hues and sunsets and sure. that kind of stuff. I, uh, uh, Corinthian, uh, you know, uh, architecture on the. Uh, on the columns. Right, right. It also seems like this guy's like just starting out, so yeah. don't don't yeah, worry don't, about don't it. You're freak gonna out suck too at much. First. As long as everybody's having a lot of fun. Which brings <laughs> yeah. us to Zachary's question. My question is, have you guys ever played with as or allowed a player to play a character with a mental disability, for example, a multiple personality cleric? If part of what makes a character is the flaws, wouldn't a large flaw like that make for an interesting play experience? Sometimes. Uh, Yes, but first, first, yes, first and foremost, I would urge everybody who is listening listening to this to not play a character with multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it is simultaneously very problematic in a game. 
uh, especially if the game doesn't have rules for it, mm-hmm. and kind of offensive to people who suffer from like complex schizophrenic disorders. I mean, it, it's it's an actual thing, and it you know you can only go so far out of your circle before you start hitting people who either have it or have family members or people they know who are experiencing it. So you have to be very careful when you're dealing with mental disabilities. That also, said, it's, it's oh sorry, go uh, ahead. Uh, there that that said, there are games that have written into them um, mental issues, uh, which often are very close to mental disabilities. Yeah, things like that, mm-hmm. and they will have a mechanical effect. In that case, I get you know if you if you want to do that, and there are games that will greatly reward you for doing that, and 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 it's okay. Um, always be respectful of the idea of it. Don't play it to make fun of people who are like that um, or who, who are suffering from things like that and uh, follow the guidelines that the game is setting up because usually games, are, especially nowadays, are trying to be much more political, uh, mm-hmm. politically correct about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, do some actual research as right. to what those people's, uh, like the, the people who suffer from that, what their behavior is like. Um, and lastly and most importantly, make sure that everybody at the table is okay with it. Anything else? Uh, Adriana, you were going to say something? Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. I want to say, first off, that uh, it's it's kind of like a, a very rookie move in the sense that <laughs> I think almost every person yes. that starts writing thinks that they're a genius of like like whatever emo poetry that as soon as you start writing when you're like 12 like the first thing that you write that's fiction i swear to god every i did it i'm sure everyone else did it it's you at least know someone who did it that you and you've read something that it's like the multiple personality disorder it is like the thing that i every single sad emo child well, not not not, e- not not even not even every sad emo child. I, I think, know. It's I just think child- I think you're I think you're right. I think everybody hits on that genius moment of yes. aha, multiple personality disorders. And in gaming, yeah. there's this like huge reward for convincing your dungeon master or game master or storyteller or whatever to let you do it because then you open up the potential for uh, having different powers for each personality and that sort of thing. That's what I was every. Getting. I every, if that's what he was getting towards. Every year, I ran a LARP for three years and played in it an additional year. Every year, while I was there, we got one pitch, yes. at least, for somebody with multiple personality disorder and mm-hmm. some kind of game aspect tied to it. Now, some people were like, I just want my character to have multiple personality disorder, no difference, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But they were still playing it like... Like the like the orangutan from Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. I mean, just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that that character who is like, "Shut up! No, you shut up!" Kind of yeah. you know playing it for laughs. Right, right, right. And that stuff's kind of not funny. Yeah. Well, what about somebody? I, what, what about a mental disability or a disorder or damage or whatever? Of person blacks out. Person has short term memory loss. In mm. uh, in Vampire the Masquerade which I was playing and, and, and the new uh, versions of it as well, there are 
essentially mental mental flaws. And there's yeah, there's one group of vampires who needs to pick out a mental flaw. Remember like you just yeah yeah. Um, in the old one and in the new one, actually the Venture kind of get it. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so you you just have to treat your, it with care and respect yeah, and research. Your your character gets to have what essentially amounts to a personality quirk that is flavored like a disorder, yeah. um, and that is problematic. Problematic unless everybody is kind of cool with it and accepts that you are essentially playing a fictional person, like mm-hmm. a fictional person with a fictional disorder that doesn't actually work right. that way. Yeah. I also want to say, like, usually um, the impulse to make this character, like, I s- swear, like, you, like, why I'm saying it's like a rookie mistake is that really what you what you secretly want are several different characters. Like, see, you're trying to have, like, all these things at once. Yes. But, uh, and I, I totally did this. I have, like, a couple characters that were um, originally conflated. But then, then like, later, you know, I'm looking at it going, these two, these X, X, Y, and Z don't all make sense together in one person. I just, just split them, split them off. It, you're going to be much happier, like, having... Uh, three well-rounded characters rather than one kind of embarrassing character. And you'll be able to, I swear, it, you will be much happier that way. But yeah, that's as soon as you realize that you can split those characters, comp- splitting complex characters into, overly complex characters into um, better, uh, more stable characters is always a good idea. All right. Good uh, answers to some good questions. And listeners, if you have any questions, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And we will get to them when we can. Sometimes, as what happened here, the story just kind of, I don't want to say it fell apart, but we got no. very distracted and that led to well, a, and, a discussion and, and you know that what? we needed to have as a group. It's, you know what? Well, it's probably I, I, best to happen here with the power outage and not when yeah, we were actually I, I, here. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially since Matthew is not very involved in, in this aspect of things. Um, but uh, Dungeons & Dragons... You know, we kind of we started playing Dungeons and Dragons because, as a as a group, we got interested in it. Right. You know, um, but Dungeons and Dragons is a game that is very mechanically involved, and I do my best as a, as a dungeon master, and I think you guys do your best as players to like just kind of skip that, like you're skipping a like you're hit it like you're skipping a rock on a pond, mm-hmm. and not get too deep into the stuff underneath mm-hmm. until you have some time away from the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes. The pond is made of pudding, and you can't <laughs> you can't get out of it until you eat the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I may be a little hungry um, after this recording <laughs> session, but I think the metaphor stands. All right, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading. We'll be back again next week with another installment of Critical Hit. And until then, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. Score. Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.